Yes, people, it is Wednesday, which means it's echoes from the goddamn void. And we have got a fun episode for you today, people. Definitely a fun one, but, but, right? I was um, looking through the news, just looking through the news, and I see this. I see this interesting piece, right, which just goes to show there are organizations that people hold as being virtuous and having the best of intentions who are really just like everyone else, pieces of shit, right? Now, what it is, is Amnesty International Right, so when Alexei um, Navalny, probably not how you say it, but you know what I mean, when he was put in prison by Putin, like, everyone, like, listen, you know what's happening there, right, everyone knows Putin, he wants that iron grip, right, so Navalny is put in prison, everyone's just like, yo, this is fucked up, Amnesty are like, yo, he is a prisoner of conscience, right? But today, <laughs> today, Amnesty are like, ah, uh, no, we're taking away his um, you know, the title prisoner of conscience, right? Now, here's the here's the thing. They say because um, they had a slew of people. Complaining, right? Uh, a slew of people complaining about that um, title they bestowed upon him. You know, and they're saying because of um, comments and things he did in the past, right? Comments and things he did in the past is be like, oh, he, he's, you know, he's a bad person and we can't, you know, have this by his name. Right, and you're just like, wait, what are you, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck is going on? Because, firstly, listen, I mean, we we all know, and all the major countries do it, but we know Russia have got rooms of people who, you know, spend all day. It is their job to troll online, to create. Discord online So, you know For Amnesty to be like Oh yeah, we got a load of emails And complaints and blah, blah, blah Well, firstly, you have to look at it and think How many of those are real? Right? How many of those are real And how many are, 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 are You know, spam Secondly Right? Secondly Here is here's what the thing that Amnesty said Right, they said that they um they re- they did a review, right? They did a review, and they feel that comments he made, right, including a video appear which appears to compare immigrants to cockroaches, amounted to hate speech, which is incompatible with the label prisoner of conscience. Now, there's two things to that. Firstly, right. Those comments were 15 years ago, 
<laughs> you know, they were fit. If they were last year, you might go, I, yeah, I mean, that's not great. They were 15 years ago. And, and it's like, um, you know, he they're saying he hasn't um, retracted such statements. Listen, there's things I said a couple of years ago that I'm not retracting. You know what I mean? I said it. You know what I mean? Yeah, granted, I've probably changed my mind, but I still said it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to hold a press conference and be like, um, uh, when, uh, this is hard. Whew. All right. Okay, so um, a couple of years ago, I stated several times that I thought, um, Shit. I, you know, I said that my friend's clothes made them look like a tramp. And I I now realize that what they were doing is trying to be retro. Uh, so, you know, I feel bad about what I said. Um, and I'm just seeking forgiveness. Fuck you. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I might be like, you know what? Actually, I like that jumper now. But I'm not going to put... Hey, I still... You know what I mean? I said what I said. (laughs) It's a simple... I said what I said, motherfucker. And even... Listen, if I've said... You know what I mean? If you've said anything bad... Yo, you, you now get judged on how you are living and doing things from this point. Right, because boom, you've changed your mind. Your opinion has changed, and you don't have to make a grand statement kind of thing. It's just like, oh, if if you are showing people that you are different, that's exactly the same. That's exactly the same. And let's be honest, right? Think of where they you mean people live. (laughs) You have to think about you mean. Culture is different in every single country, right? It's every single country. Now, I feel that making, you know, your your chick or any woman walk behind you or in front of you, I forget which one it is, is a bullshit move, right? But if I said that in Saudi Arabia, I'm in the minority, Right, so for me to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm not friends with you because you do that and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's just like this. I have to understand that's how they do things. I'm not going to change it. That's how they do things, you know? So it, it, you have to understand where people are. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go to Russia and beat up some gay people just because I'm seeing other people do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? There are, you know, there is, you know, a line. But what I'm saying, if that is the, you know, if that's the consensus opinion, like if a lot of people are making those analogies, if that's what those people are thinking, and Listen, understand, look, I I was in Amsterdam, and they do not like Moroccan immigrants. I mean, when I say they, I mean a lot of people. A lot of people I met do not like Moroccan immigrants. 
right? Now, there's always two sides to every story. Now, you know what I mean? Like, not every Moroccan immigrant is an arsehole, but, you know, they have probably just come up against ones who maybe have stolen or something like that. So they are now, you know, tarring every Moroccan with the same brush, as it were. Right? But uh, some, you know what I mean? There is that. Right, so it's a different thing but So you have to understand Going to a place, people will have A different viewpoint It's going to be different from yours Right, it's going to be different from yours But, you know, we don't always live in the same circumstances But those comments 15 years ago 15 years ago, motherfuckers Then Right, so, you know, I was like Okay, what is the definition of you know, a prisoner of conscience. So I'd Googled it. And this is what it says. A prisoner of conscience is anyone imprisoned because of their race, sexual orientation, religion or political views. The term also refers to those who have been imprisoned or persecuted for the non-violent expression of their conscientiously held beliefs. Which, you know, you, you gotta kind of say, Navalny, you know, he kind of has, right? He, he's being put in prison because he's got different political views to Putin, right? And his <laughs> non-violent non expressed beliefs of those views. So if that is your definition of, you can't take it away. Because someone said something you don't like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever, right? These things aren't only given to people we like. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'd be like, okay, so you can be one of these because we like you, but we don't like you, so you're not. Oh, yeah, we realise you're the same. You're in the same position, but we like that one and we don't like you. So, uh, yeah. Now it's different. Understand? It is different. No, you can't do that. It is what it is. Right? Because, listen, are you telling me that every immigrant is lovely and nice and none of them have ever done anything wrong? Because that's a naive fucking bullshit lie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there are gonna be people who are immigrants who are assholes, right? There's gonna be some immigrants who possibly killed someone, who might have raped someone, you know, who fiddled a young kid, you know, but they've had to run from their country because, you know, they're Jewish or, you know, Muslim or whatever, whatever, you know, they're, they're a Christian or, you know, whatever, but it still doesn't take away from the fact that they've done some shabby bullshit, so you, if you found out that they did those things, are you then going to be like, oh, no, we can't help you then, Oh, we realise if you go back to your own country, you're going to be killed. But, you know, you're not a nice person, so we're no longer helping you. Is that what you were doing? Hmm, yeah. It's one of those situations. It's a complicated situation. You're either in this thing to help people, or you're not. 
you can't cherry pick, you can't go, I like his views, I don't like hers, or I like hers, and oh, you're a white guy, we we don't, you know, we've helped plenty of white guys, so um, you got to go back to the line, we're only helping women, and people of colour, and but no, there are no games to help, well, there should be no games to help, I mean, obviously there are, but, you know, from a company, an organization like Amnesty International, you kind of wanted to think that they're not into the bullshit, but obviously they are, obviously they are, shame on you, Amnesty, shame on you, you know what I mean, it's not a good look, man, It's not a good look, and I think this kind of, you know, bullshit that they're doing, hey, that's going to hurt them, you know, like, would you donate to those sort of companies, you know what I mean, would you do that shit, because I ain't giving no money to people like that, because there should be no blurring of these lines, you're helping or you're not, <laughs> always change your fucking, you know, organization statement, you know, change what, what what you are, you know, be like, oh, we're a company that help people we want to help, anyone else can go fuck themselves, <laughs> you know, because that's what you are now, that's what you are now, fools, but, um, yeah, Right, it, trust me people, this isn't the only <laughs> stupid, crazy fucking thing that's been going on There are more, and we are gonna delve into all of it Well, when I say all of it, the stuff that I decided to look at <laughs> Because there is more than what you're gonna find in today's episode, people But let's get to it, Right. <laughs> Man, online meetings have caught another batch of people, <laughs> right, so you had that, um, was it New York Times journalist, I feel it was a New York Times journalist who was um, <laughs> caught masturbating, right, um, what else, I think there was a, a, a guy in France who, like, a guy, I think he was on the, um, you know, government, or so, he was in the government or something, and I think he, he was caught fondling some woman's breast, (laughs) and I feel there was someone else in Mexico that kind of did a similar thing, right, they're the ones I can remember off the top of my friggin' head, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Shit, you, like, after the first one, you'd think that would make motherfuckers be paranoid, right, and you'd always be checking, always be checking that shit, but, uh, <laughs> so, a, a school board in California were having a meeting, right, having a meeting, and, uh, <laughs> They started to slate the parents 
they started to slate the parents. And then <laughs> one of them <laughs> got notified that, um, you know, the meeting was uh, open to the public. <laughs> and there's audio, right? <laughs> there's audio and you hear one, like someone says, oh, Someone says that the meeting's open to the public, and then you hear one of the other members go, uh oh. <laughs> and they didn't even style it out, right? Then the screen just goes blank, and a message fixed up this meeting is private. <laughs> that shit out, you'd be like, yeah, we know, we've been messing around, <laughs> like, no one wrote in a complaint about that, or this, man, we're messing, right, <laughs> we thought we'd give people a little entertainment, alright, now, let's start the meeting for real, bum, 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 <laughs> you mean, just style it out, people, what the fuck is wrong with you, I mean, well, firstly, you would check, check to make sure your shit is private, it was insane, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> they got in trouble, right, but some of their things make no sense, right, I, I, it's, it's a little baffling, right, because I think it's, um, you know, it was a meeting about whether to open the schools, right, Meeting to whether to start the schools And Ah Like one of the comments was They For one of board members said They said They want to pick on us Because they want their babysitters back One member said About the parents But I'm like That But they want the schools to be open Right So how is that They want their baby You know what I mean Oh, right, I get it, they wouldn't know, the school, they're saying the school's the babysitter, but people are working from home, so it makes no fucking difference, you know what I mean, like, it, it makes no difference, people are at home, right, it's crazy, but, this, the, the board, <laughs> like, they, they all resigned, they all resigned, and I'm just a bit like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why? See, I ain't resigning. <laughs> if I if you talk to little shit, I'm not like I ain't resigning. Now, they could sack you, fine, but I'd be like, yeah, I got sacked. I'm not being like I resigned. Like, who the fuck is resigning from that shit? Yes, said a few things, because if the parents have, you know. Talked some smack themselves And I'm be like yeah fuck it They said this I responded simple Right yeah, That's what it is You know what I mean? But I'm not resigning Are you crazy But yeah no all these All these people went They dusted <laughs> It's fucking hilarious 
It really is. <laughs> oh, man. Right? But, yeah, they, they it's like, I don't know. The, these This bald, I mean, they are a bunch of morons. Like, the shit they were saying, it's just, it's a little laughable. Right? It's a little laughable. But, um, yeah, they are all gone. So, Oakley Union Elementary School, they need a bunch of new people. <laughs> they need a bunch of new people. <laughs> but um, they, they did the, the usual shit, though. Right? They made a statement. They made a statement, right, and it said, we deeply regret the comments that were made in the meeting of the Board of Education earlier this week. It is our responsibility to model the conduct that we expect of our students and staff, and it is our obligation to build confidence in district leadership. Our comments failed you in both regards, and for this, we offer our sincere apology. Please do not let our failure in judgment cast a shadow on the expect on the exception on the exceptional work that our teachers, administrators, and hardworking employees are doing. Right? But the thing is, they don't regret the comments. Right? They regret getting caught. <laughs> so, like when people read that shit, like, not, I, who in their right mind would be like, well, at least, you know, at least they regret it. I'm like, no, they regret being caught. That's it. Because if that meeting was private from the giddy up, they'd have said the same shit. <laughs> they'd have said the same shit and no one would know. So they're not bringing out, no one is owning up for um, shit they taught if no one else heard, right? If that meeting had been private, we're not getting that statement that, you know, um, we realised that in the meeting we had behind closed doors the other day, we talked some smack and now we think that was probably a bad thing to do. So we want to apologise to you. No, you ain't getting that. You only get this shit when you get caught, right? They got caught. <laughs> and now <laughs> they are no longer board members. <laughs> but I don't think you get paid for that shit anyway. So a lot of them are probably thinking, you know what? Fuck it. I want my time back. <laughs> oh, shit. Whew. Well. I wonder who's going to be next. <laughs> Shit. It's like every month. You know what I mean? Something comes up, right? Some dumbass has said some crazy shit on a meeting online. So, uh, yeah. Let's see um, what happens in March, right? <laughs> Yo. I've just read this article about um, scams on dating apps, right? And it's hilarious, you know what I mean? And uh, listen, I ain't going to be, uh, 
yeah, ain't gonna be, um, I don't know, I can't feel sorry for these people, <laughs> I really can't, because if you are sending money like that, Jesus Christ, you're a moron, you are a little dumb, straight, now people be like, oh, but you know, they're lonely and vulnerable, doesn't even fucking matter, <laughs> right, someone asks you for money, fuck that shit, unless they're your homie, yeah, I mean, if you know that motherfucker, and you've known them for, for years, yeah, fine, you help, but you can help a friend out, but some random motherfucker, like, what, no, that shit makes no sense, no sense, right, there's, um, <laughs> so easy, they talked to a guy who, um, used to do this scam, right, and, uh, supposedly, <laughs> this, um, this dude is like, uh, oh, shit, what did he say, it was hilarious, ah, yes, he said, um, he will not commit the fraud again and wants to make amends by exposing some of his tactics to serve as a warning to others. No, 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 no. What you're doing is is basically you are cock blocking anyone else from doing the same thing. If you wanted to make amends, you'd pay back the money, right? It, it, I always find it just crazy when people be like yeah i'm i'm really i can't believe i did that and you know i, I wanna yeah i wanna make amends for the shit i did so you know i'm i'm gonna be doing this i'm gonna be running these shows if you want to come or i'm gonna be like no making amends is um reimbursing the people that you can't that's making amends you know, and it's like Oh, he, um, you know, he, he said, like, oh, he forgot the, the names of the people. But I'm like, if they've been putting money into your bank account, right, you've got the bank details. <laughs> I mean, there's ways of finding these people to reimburse these people. You, there is, you know what I mean, you've got their shit. Right, it's just like you don't really want to make amends, but this is a way of, because you know he was probably paid to to for the um article, right? It it yes, yeah, just all bullshit. It really is all bullshit. But you know, they then go on to talk to a woman, right? Fifty nine year old woman. Who um says gave away her life savings, gave away her life savings, forty thousand pounds, forty thousand pounds she gave away to some dude, right? Who was conning her? It's it's baffling, and um, you know she said it started off. With and I figured, right, it's gonna start off with a small sum, right? She said, uh, Yeah, it's just started off with a small sum, 500 pounds for these vet bills, and it's just like that's not a small sum, <laughs> you know what I 
that's not a small sum. I'm like, oh, you know what? It's like twenty pounds, fifty at the most, right? If I didn't know someone, I'm I wouldn't be asking for. Well, I mean, I'm not asking for shit, but you know what I mean? Like you'd think, <laughs> not gonna be asking for something huge for five hundred, five hundred, and that. You know what I mean that didn't, you know, alarm bells, nothing. <laughs> it's just, and she'd never met the guy. Never met the guy. I listen. If you have been dating this person. You know what I mean? Going out, seeing someone. If that was the scam, right? If the scam, you're hanging out, you're having fun, and then suddenly after, you know, a year, two years, then the person disappears. Right? That, I'm a bit like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that I feel bad, I'd feel bad for. Because that's a, that's some nasty ass shit. You know what I mean? Faking the emotion and all. But... For someone just to send you some text messages, emails, you know, and you've never actually gone out? Nah, that's, that's on you. That's on you. Like, I've been asked for money before, right? I remember one time, shit, I think I was using Match, right? And I was talking to one girl. And we'd exchange a few messages, right? And she's like, um, oh, I really want to go on a date with you. I'm like, all right. And she's just like, ah, the only thing is, I'm stuck here. I think she said something like Amsterdam or something like that, right? And she'd be like, oh, and, you know, I, I, think, I think it was something like my passport was stolen or something like, something crazy like that. And Jesus is like, oh, if you could send me this, this money, I can then get a ticket home and then we can hang out. I'm like, what? <laughs> are you fucking crazy? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> because her, pro- like, her profile said she was in London. You know, so I'm just like, firstly, your fucking profile says you're in London. So why am I then going to send you money? Because you've lied. Right. Uh, And now it's, oh, but I was only I was living in Amsterdam and I was looking to come to London and blah, blah. I was like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) And then someone else asked me for money. um, And. Yeah, I, th- I think with that one, we'd only exchanged a couple of messages. Only a couple of messages. And it was just like, oh, yeah, could you send me? And it didn't make any sense. I, f- I forget what it was, but she'd asked for money. Oh, that was it. That was it. She'd exchanged. Yeah. Oh, I think she, I think there was something about. I forget what happened, but there was something about video messaging, right? And then it was just like, oh, my phone is broken, so I can't. And then she was just like, 
can you send me money so I can um, put credit on my phone? And I'm like, before you said your phone was broken. And she's just like, uh, I was only joking. Oh, I didn't. I'm just like, no. Look, shut up. <laughs> I'm like, anyone that's asking you for money and you haven't even fucking met. You're that's on you. Seriously, if if you hand over anything, that is on you. Right? It's it's just a ridiculous thing to do. Right? I people I've known have asked me money and I've laughed in their fucking faces. Right? And and it's like people that I haven't, you know, I've know. But I, we ain't hung out, right? There's a girl I knew from uni, and um, I hadn't seen her for ages. I mean, since we left uni, I think I'd seen her once, right? And uh, oh, I forget what happened. I think that I either still had her number... Or she hit me up on Facebook or something, on Twitter, something like that, right? And we started talking again. And she, she was just like, um, oh, I, I'm struggling with my rent. Can I give her some money? And I'm like, how much? And she said, <laughs> she said this about, I'm just like, what the fuck is that? Right? Because it wasn't enough for rent, right, there's, I'm like, how much is your rent, you know, because she was working, this is the crazy thing, she was working at the time, so I'm just like, how much is your rent, right, and so, yeah, she said this amount, I'm just like, what the fuck is that, because that isn't enough for rent, so, what, what's the deal here, (laughs) like, what the fuck are you doing, I'm just like, when was the last time we hung out? She was like, uh, uh, I'm like, I ain't giving you money. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Oh, shit. Right, yeah, prison scams. People, people, come on. Yeah, don't fall for this bullshit. Anyone ask you for money on a dating app, just say no. Do what Grange Hill taught us. Well, it looks like the Southern Baptist Church, or what's the expression? Like, spiting with one hand and sinning with the other? Is that an expression? kind of feel it is, if not, maybe it might catch on, spite with one, sin with the other, I think that's kind of catchy, right, and when I say spite, smite, even, smite, means like, yeah, you're correcting, yeah, you're doing some good work with one hand, but then you're sinning with the other hand, but yeah, they're doing that, those crazy sons of bitches, Right, and uh, like it's irritating because the 
the, the good things, you're like, yeah, well done, right? Yeah, it's good to see you doing that. And then the bad things are like, what the fuck are you doing, man? What is wrong with you, you crazy fucks? Right, so, um, oh, what should we do first? The good or the bad? Hmm. All right, let's do the good, right? So, uh, yeah, there's a, they, they've been trying to um, address some shit on race, right? Which, yeah, I think that, that that's important. It's very important, right? Um, so what they said is we should mourn when closet racists and neo-confederates feel more at home in our churches than do many of our people of color, right? Which... Yeah, that is definitely a huge, huge fucking thing. You know what I mean? It, it, it's kind of crazy that, um, you know, you wouldn't want to change that problem, right? And they also said, because, um, yeah, there seems to be a lot of factions, a lot of different people talking some crazy-ass shit. Right, so um, there's been um, rows because, yeah, some uh, some of the leaders of uh, that church have, you know, been trying to ban <laughs> ban the um, inclusion of you know discussions about racism in schools. Yeah, with like. What are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? You know, they say you can't talk about systemic racism or other stuff. And um, so they're saying, like, going forward, they're going to include more black Southern Baptists in any discussions around the topics. Right? And try and, um, yeah. Stop that crazy ass shit, right? Now these, I think, um, oh, what's this cat's name? It's Greer, right? He's um a top, a top dude in the Southern Baptist Church, huh? Right, but um, man, I, I yeah, I, for the life of me, I can't think of. What his uh, first name is But he did say this Right The reality is that if we In the Southern Baptist um, Convention Had shown as much Sorrow for the painful legacy That racism and discrimination Has left In our country As we have passion to decry Critical race theory We probably wouldn't be in the Same mess I'm right. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, son. It's a good fucking point, right? And um, the other good thing is, so you know they were uh, kicking some churches out of their um thing, right? So they have uh, the Southern Baptist Convention. Right, so the their executive committee met, 
and they kicked out four churches. Now, two, I'd say, are warranted. Two are warranted, right? And um, two are like, what the, two are from the, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> you know, camp. But yeah, they, they kicked out two because, um, yeah, was it? It was do 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 hustle do 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 oh yes so um the West Side Baptist Church you know they got kicked out for knowingly employing a pastor who is on the registered sex offender list which is like wait what the fuck are you doing like you knew see i'm like you know if someone's been doped right someone's been doped then you think like all right yeah that you know you, you that's not your fault but when you know right and with the reputation <laughs> the catholic church uh, has you know, I mean, the church in general, but the Catholic especially, you know, it's out there, you know, sex pests and all of this. And, you know, I think we spoke about this shit earlier on in the year. You know, so it's a thing. So knowing the shit and employing someone? Yeah, no, 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 no. And listen, I'm down for, you know, rehabilitation, you know. I don't think people get should get cancelled for life on things, but if you're on a sex register list, yeah, not around kids, right? And I think that's a thing in the thing, right? That you're not allowed to work with kids. But yeah, this motherfucker was, you know what I mean, brought in. Like, what are you doing? And um, yeah, so that church got done for that And then another one, the Antioch Baptist Church um, in Tennessee Their pastor was convicted of statutory rape Like, (laughs) huh? What? Like, what the fuck are you doing? That is just... And the crazy thing is, so the West Side Baptist Church, you know, they they had, you know, put something on their website, right? They'd put something on their website. So um, it said, over 29 years ago, Pastor David lived as a great sinner and rebel. Yeah, I don't know if... um. Yeah, they're the words I'd have used, right? And then it says, um, but Christ Jesus is a great saviour. Today, Pastor David has gone from disgrace to amazing grace and now has served the Lord Jesus Christ at Westside for 18 years. Right? You dirty sons of bitches. You Dirty sons of bitches, right? Because this dude, David Pearson, 
he is he's on the florida sex offender register as having been convicted of sexual assault against a kid against a motherfucking kid in 1993 Right? And they're like, oh, he was bad, but oh, Jesus said that now he's good. Fuck you. Good. Like, if I had sent a kid to that church, I'd be suing their asses. Actually, I mean, after I'd gone down and beat the fuck out of someone, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, man? What the fuck are you doing? That's some dirty shit. That's some real dirty ass shit. But so you're thinking, boom, that's great. They have done some good stuff there. You think that helps the reputation of the church. But then, <laughs> then on the other hand, they sin, right? Because they then kicked out two other churches for... Um, <laughs> Oh shit, what, what what did they say? Being too inclusive of LGBTQ people. <laughs> like what? What? You know what I mean? I'm like, what are you doing? Man, you you'd you know, you'd run everyone over with the, you know, stomping down on the race and kicking out the pedos, and then you go and do that. Oy. So yeah, there's a, a St. Matthew's Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky, and then Towney View Baptist Church in um, Kenosha, Georgia. Yeah. Right, and so um, yeah, the Towney View they got in trouble because um, you know. They had uh, allowed a same-sex couple and their three kids to attend a church. Oh, my God. Uh, And the crazy thing is, you know, they have started this new initiative, right? They've started this new initiative because they're like, oh, attendance is dwindling. Attendance is dwindling. But this church upped their attendance by five. Upped it by five. Oh, two adults, three kids, and now they've been <laughs> kicked out. It's like, it makes no sense. Makes no sense, right? <sighs> and the other church got kicked out because they had donated um, money. Uh, to the Kentucky Baptist Convention because, uh, yeah, that group have, um, you know, they don't care about <laughs> LGBTQ people. They're like, yeah, they can come to churches. It's cool. So, yeah, <laughs> they got kicked out for that. It's <laughs> just like, Jesus, man. What is wrong with these fucking people? It's insane. Insane. I'm like... Whew. See, and this is the crazy thing. Because, like, you know, 
that you have on one hand the Pope saying, oh yeah, you know, we, we're changing our stance on gay people, and then this happens, right, now, I understand, it is a different denomination, the Pope, yeah, the Pope's Catholic, isn't he, it's a Pope Catholic, I think he's Catholic, I don't know, it's fucking confusing, Right, this is what we got the Catholics, the Protestants, the Baptists, uh Hmm. So one beginning with I swear there's one beginning with M. Method Methodists, right? You've got the Methodists. <sighs> Probably a few others. Probably a few others. I might but you all follow the same fucking book, right? Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird kicking people out because of, you know, their sexuality. And especially, look, they, they're trying to, you know, fix the race shit, right? So if you're now fine with the race shit, you'd think, <laughs> you'd think the gender would be fine too. Right? You realize, shit. Man, the way we've been treating, you know, all these black people, that's bad. That is, yeah, we need to, we need to get better. We need to get better, you know. <sighs> but fuck these homosexuals. <laughs> we don't want them. It's just like, are you not hearing yourselves, people? Are you not fucking hearing yourselves? <sighs> Damn. See, that's why, um, yeah. That is why it's a good thing to be a motherfucking atheist. And a... Yeah, atheist. They're the people that don't believe, right? I think that's the right one. Yes. Yeah, just... Yeah, fuck it. Don't... Don't, you know... Confine yourself to this... Weird... Bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, Southern Baptists... You were doing so well, and then you went and fucked yourselves. Alright, there's a story about a woman. Hmm, yeah, probably more information. Uh, sorry, she, so she lives in Harrogate, right, North Yorkshire, in the UK. And she's um, complaining about her breasts, right? So she says she's she wears a 34H bra, or that's the size of the breast, it's like 34H, you can probably work out what the fuck that means, but, um, you know, she says, it. you know, they're too big, they're, they cause a discomfort and mental distress, and she says it's been a problem all her life, all her life, even said, right, that because of the pain, she can't breastfeed her new baby, right, that's what she's saying, and she feels that she should be able to get this done on the NHS, right, but they say no, they say no, they say they don't do that sort of surgery for free, right, so she is now saying that she's going to start fundraising to be able to get this surgery, but here is the thing, right, she's got two fucking kids, right, firstly, she's got two kids, so this newborn, she already had one, 
right? And if she's always had, you know, this has been a problem all her life, right? All her life. She had one kid. And then, you know, she would have realized then, oh, shit, it hurts, right? So don't you get the problem sorted before then you have another fucking kid? Otherwise, shut up, right? If you know that's an issue, you either don't have another kid or just give it a fucking bottle, right? And here's the other thing as well. Right, and, and it's something that is really just ah. Oh, you see it so much now. People are just like, "Oh, I'm gonna start a GoFundMe because you know I want this," or you know, "Ah, oh, I, I I need money for this," and people should help. How about pay for it your fucking self? You mean like, surely she works, right? Save up. And pay for it. You know, that's what you do. <laughs> if there's something that you want, you put a little money aside. Put a little money aside until you've raised enough, and then you go and get that thing. You know what I mean? That's what I've always fucking done. It's not a case of, oh, oh, I want this, and oh, how can I get people to pay for it for me? Like, if I saw a, um, you know, a GoFundMe, and it was just like, oh, I want a breast reduction, can you give me, you're like, fuck, no, <laughs> anyone that pays this woman for, for this nonsense, you're a mug, you're a mug, like, she's 26, she's 26, and she's saying this has been an issue all her life. So say she, um, when she left school at 16, she didn't want to bother with university or anything like that. And just went straight out to work. So that's 10 years. 10 years of potential for saving up. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck has she been doing? And even if, you know, she was like, all right, I'm leaving school, I'm going to go to uni. Say she went two years. Still eight years. Eight years of putting money away. You know, maybe instead of like birthday Christmas presents from, you know, loved ones, family. She'd be like, all right, you know what, I'm, I'm trying to save up for this. So in, instead of a present, why don't you just, you know. A little bit of cash, and I'll put it in my fund. Yo, so, yeah, fuck this chick. You know what I mean? Fuck her. <laughs> right? Like, if it was, oh, I need to get rid of this brain tumour. Something like that. You might feel more of a way. But when it's something that, yo, you could have paid for yourself. Fuck you. You know what I mean? God Damn people piss me Like it's just Ridiculous Like pay for it yourself It's an He's saying it's an issue you've had all your fucking life All your life Then You know Do something Jeez 
Alright, so something interesting happened in Beijing the other day. Right, so um a couple got divorced. Now, that's not the interesting part. The interesting part of this is the wife had been awarded five hundred um yen, right? Which equates to $7,700 or £5,460 So this amount was awarded for unpaid labour Yeah, five years Because they'd been married for five years, right? So yeah, it was for housework Right? That's what that money was for Which um, is Interesting. So this is being hailed as a landmark case, right? Because um, new laws have come in play in uh, in China, right? And I I don't know. It, it I feel this is opening up a huge <laughs> a huge kind of uh, crazy 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 situation, right? Ooh, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with all of this, you know. So the new civil code, which went into place, right at the, you know beginning of the year, says that um, a spouse is entitled to seek compensation in a divorce if he or she bears more responsibility in child raising. Caring for elderly relatives and assisting partners in their work, which I mean, that is yeah, it's a weird one, right? It's a weird one. So, previously, they said that this could only be sought if um, a prenuptial agreement had been signed, right? But yeah, now anyone can, you know, go, well, you know, I feel I should get this amount of money because I was the one that looked after this. But, right, so here is the thing with that, right? I, I, I kind of feel that, yeah, there needs to be, like, things in place to, you know, kind of quantify what these points mean. Because there have definitely been times when, you know, I've been seeing someone and, uh, you know, they've got issues at work and I will listen, you know, I'll listen to all their complaints and them, you know, goings on and I break down a situation and I will be like, okay, so the best way to move forward is you do this, you do this, you do this And then it'd be like, okay, I'm going to write a letter And then you look over the letter And boom, 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 boom And you're doing this all the time, right? So would that mean that, you know You then get money for the assistance that you gave them? You know what I mean? That That's like a thing now, other times as well, there's been situations where, you know, and you see this said a lot, right? This gets said a lot. Be like, I don't want to work. Um, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll happily cook if you do this, you yeah? know, or 
you know, like I was dating a chick who couldn't iron for shit. <laughs> so I would, you know what I mean? If I'm ironing my shirts for work, I'm like, yo, what do you want ironed? And then I'll iron her dress or whatever, whatever, you know? But it's like people in a relationship will often go, well, I'm good at this and you're good at that. So you take that role and I'll take this role, right? You work out what you are both bringing to a situation, and, you know, if one person makes a lot more money than someone else, you would go, okay, so if you make all of that, if I don't work, and I'll look after the kids, right, that's one thing that gets said, or you go, um, okay, well, you make the most, so if you pay the mortgage out of your money, and I'll pay these bills out of mine, right, you break it up, so I don't think it's necessarily a cut situation like that, it'd be like, you know, maybe someone does all the housework, but then someone else is handling all the bills, yeah, or if it's just like, okay, so, Wait, what do you want? And they'll be like, ah, oh, well, I really want this and I really want that and I really want that. And be like, okay, that's all possible, but it does mean I'm gonna probably have to take a promotion at work, right? Which is gonna be like, ugh, more stressful, but, and I'm gonna be in the office for a few hours more. And be like, eh, don't worry, you do that. And I'll just, just, you know, take care of the cooking and the housework, right? So sometimes that thing, that happens. So listen, I'm not saying that if someone has spent all this time, you know, looking after the kids and, you know, helping them with the homework and then just doing all the housework and all of that kind of stuff, that, yeah, they, they don't deserve anything for that. Yeah, I do believe that it's not necessarily as cut and dry. Also, right, if I'm paying you for housework, then it's like, is the housework done well? (laughs) You know what I mean? It'd be like, hold on a sec. It'd be like the judges be like, okay, so we're going to be like, yeah, 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 hold on. Hold on. Right? Um, I I think you should know that I would often have to then re-go over shit, because it was still dust, like, the plates weren't done that well, I bought a dishwasher, I bought a dishwasher, you know what I mean, washing up is bullshit, right, we ordered takeaway most of the nights, because our cooking ain't shit, right, <laughs> you know what I mean, you then going to have to, like, you know, quantify the, um, you know, the state of the work that was done, (laughs) you know what I mean, but yeah, it's a weird one, right, breaking down all of that kind of thing, because I thought that in divorces, you'd just be like, okay, this is getting split like this, right, you're not kind of looking at it like, um, okay, so that person did this, and then, you just 
split the money, you know, for a period of time, obviously, right, I don't believe anyone should be indentured, because that's some crazy ass bullshit, <laughs> you know, because, hey, you can get a job, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, divorce is always a weird one, right, when you hear that someone has to, you know, pay for all of this crazy ass shit, and you'd be like, all right, but when are that, when are they getting a job, <laughs> like, like, how the fuck am I paying for this person to live a lifestyle, right, and not work, why the fuck do I have to work and this person ain't gonna be working, that's some crazy shit, you know, what I mean? like, I, look, I, I kind of feel that these kind of things, it, it should be so, 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 to help someone get back on their feet, right, I mean, that should be it, it's like helping someone get on their feet, right, so yeah, 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 no, don't worry, I'll cover your rent, you know, for the next, I don't know, six months, maybe a year, to let you be able to, you know, find work, all of that kind of thing, right, I'll cover, I'll cover your, your, you know, your food for a period of time, but ain't Doing it for the next <laughs> you read, like twenty motherfucking years. That's some crazy ass shit. Whew. I am surprised more people don't do prenups, right? Right? That shit just seems sensible, you know? But um yeah, that is what's happening over um the other side of the world, right? So you wonder if these laws will then, you know, bleed over to the rest of the world. Has China shaken everything up? Who the fuck knows? But uh, that one wife, she is, uh, yeah, she must be a happy person right now. Though, yeah, it is kind of crazy out there, right? Because I think if you've been divorced and... People don't really want to talk to you. Yeah, it's definitely a different situation. So, um, I mean, that shit should get addressed too, right? Definitely. Definitely. But, uh, yeah, there you go, people. There you go. If you're thinking of getting married, think on that. Man, I gotta thank Andrew Schultz, right? Because I was, I was just, um, you know, scrolling through Twitter, and I saw something he posted that just made me laugh my fucking ass off, right? And it wasn't even one of his jokes or segments or anything like that. What is it? What it is? Um. <laughs> <laughs> the police department in Karachi, right, Pakistan, they have created a new unit to help combat crime. And yes, granted, that alone is not funny. What is funny is this new unit. <laughs> It is a bunch of rollerblading police. <laughs> it's a rollerblading police unit, people. Ah, 
shit. I mean, and there's this video of the police, like, doing all of these drills. You know, and they're armed. These fucking police are armed. So you're seeing the police rollerblading and then pulling out their guns and you know practicing raising their arm with their gun in <laughs> you're just watching it and just like what the fuck is happening you know, and the video ends with a policeman jumping over a, a, a motorbike right and then landing and then doing a little pose and i'm like you know what ain't gonna lie I'm like props for being able to jump over a motorbike, right? But, you know what I mean? It's just a motorbike on its own, right? No rider on it. So, yeah. And, and when you see the dude jump over, he ain't jumping over a motorbike with someone on it. <laughs> I mean, he ain't clearing that much air. So, um, you know, it's only going to help him. <laughs> if he's skating and suddenly he's just like, oh, there's a motorbike in front of me. Do I go round it or uh, I'm going to jump? Oh. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing, right? Now, granted, I have not been to Karachi. So maybe it's just flat, right? Maybe it's flat. But if... I was looking to do a little something, something. Firstly, I'd be, um, my escape route would include steps. <laughs> you know what I mean? As if these motherfuckers are on rollerblades. I'm looking for steps. You know what I mean? would be like, alright, <laughs> what are you going to do now, punk? You know what I mean? Or, we're going to see a lot of videos of police... Falling ass over tit with someone throwing a banana skin. Imagine <laughs> that shit. <laughs> you do so, and you see the police running after, and then some, you just see someone throw a banana skin, and the police go Or, right? You know what I mean? You, you just have a flask of oil or something. You squirt that on the ground and watch them just fly. I mean, that is the, uh, you know, I feel that is a, a big thing that might not be considered. Right? Now, they've said, um, here's some quotes. We felt we needed to come up with an innovative approach to control street crime. <laughs> ah, that's what their their uh, <laughs> chief of police said. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, uh, and then it's like um, this is just the beginning. <laughs> this rollerblading will really benefit us with this training. We can reach narrow alleys very quickly, where it is usually difficult to go. <laughs> where it's difficult to go down a narrow alley on foot. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
shit. Uh, right. <laughs> and, the, you know, this isn't a concept. This is, they are already doing this. Right. Supposedly, a pedestrian said, seeing them here in clean uniforms since the morning gives us a sense of security, as even in daytime, snatching occurs here. And I'm like, so either you never saw them or you saw them in dirty uniforms before this point. Right. Because I'm just like. Wouldn't they just be patrolling the streets just in general, right? So they were always there. This is just the first time you've seen them on rollerblades. <laughs> oh, god damn. This is hilarious. This is hilarious. Supposedly, right... This this piece is saying yeah it's a, an article on Reuters right? it's saying that there are rollerblading Europe's in Europe. Hmm, I've never heard of this shit before. I've never heard of police on fucking rollerblades. This is cr- some crazy ass shit. Oh, but yeah, I envision many fucking accidents. <laughs> Many, like, at least, right, some pedestrians are going to get shot by mistake, right? As I feel that's going to happen, yeah? Oh, this does, it doesn't feel like it's going to be, <laughs> you know I mean, the best thing to ever happen. I feel, yeah, it's only a matter of time before, um, whew, this definitely will go uh, ass over tear. <laughs> and I just hope, I really hope there's going to be video of it when it does. Okay, people. So this week's Chin Check, we take a look at UFC ESPN Plus 44. Gazzinio Rosenstruck against Cyril Gunn. 12 fight card, some great fights. Gonna break it all down. So, what are you gonna do? Well, once you finish this, you're gonna go check that out, right? You're gonna make some wages, you're gonna win some money, and then you're gonna be like, yo, I won that money because of that motherfucker. I'm gonna send him some of that money. <laughs> so yeah, do that. Share it with your peoples. But people, before you do all of that, let's get back to the rest of this episode. Okay, so I checked out Soulmates this week. It's an anthology series that I think it aired in on AMC in the States and it's on Amazon Prime. In the UK and possibly other areas of the world, right? It's you know six episodes, and they explore different aspects of this whole soulmates thing, right? So this whole situation it was conceived by William Bridges and Brett Goldstein. It's um, executive produced by. Bridges Goldstein and Jolene Simmons. 
I'd say... I think each episode is about 45 minutes, something like that, right? And the gist is this. Soulmates is set approximately 15 years in the future when a company called SoulConnex has developed a test that can determine the person you are most meant to love with 100% accuracy. People take the test, either learn of their soulmate and have the choice to pursue that person, or they get a response of your soulmate has, hasn't tested yet. The series explores through self-contained episodes whether love is destiny or a choice. Yes, your soulmate is the person you will love the most. More than anyone else, a soulmate isn't someone who is going to fix you. It's the person you will feel love for the strongest and is undeniable. Does that mean true happiness or the best person for you? So the cast, oh, it is a jam-packed, every episode jam-packed with, you know, talent, right? We've got Sarah Schnook. Kingsley Benadir, Dolly Wells, Anne Wilson Jones, Emily Beaven, David Constable, Karima McAdams, Sonia Cassidy, Henry Goodman, Laya Costa, Georgina Campbell, Emily Bruni, Shamir Anderson, Bill Skarsgård, Nathan Stewart Charit, Fatima Molina. Malin Ackerman, Charlie Heaton, Charlotte Spencer, Joe Anderson, Stephen McIntosh, Betty Brandt, JJ Field, and Tom Goodman Hill. Right? So, yeah, you know, a lot of talented people. So, as I said, six episodes. Um, no, episode one is Watershed, episode two is The Lovers. Episode 3, Little Adventures. Episode 4, Layover. Episode 5, Break On Through. And our last episode, 6, The Power Ballad of Caitlin Jones. And, I mean, it's it's a concept that we've, we kind of... It's floated around, right? It's been played with. And I think one of my favorite incarnations of this was um, Hang the DJ, right? It was uh, the fourth episode of Black Mirror's fourth season. And, oh, I loved it. This is, Hang the DJ is one of my favorite episodes. One of my favorite episodes. I have watched it multiple times. And yeah, I know, I'm an arsehole. But what can I say? (laughs) When you you have these things that play with like the concept of love, right? I don't know. It always gets you. And I love this one. You know, the whole, right, you meet people and then you've got a timer. Timer of how long you're going to be together. Right, and it was just, yeah, it was great. 
and then we saw them with different people and it was just uh, and then they bet up oh man anyway we're not talking about that so you know i was i definitely had high hopes for soulmate once i realized what it was you know the concept it was playing with i was like oh this could be very interesting so the thing we learn in the first episode is well it kind of really just fills you in on everything you know not like it, you, you're sat down and you get a tutorial but you know through what happens we you know get the gist so is you know that whole thing is like scientists found the soul gene yeah that's right they did say that the soul gene right and that's how they can match people a hundred percent accuracy which i don't know it kind of is a bit goofy now i think you get that whole thing because i don't know right i, I think what people have kind of surmised over the years over the years over the year over the years that possibly you know people have more than one soulmate right because imagine you you only have one soulmate the world is a big place what if you are here and they are i don't know all the way in let's say you know maybe north korea maybe your soulmate is in north korea then you know how's that gonna work how are you going to meet right it, it, it's one of these things where no that can't be the thing so you, you kind of feel the possibly everyone there's everyone there's multiple soulmates that someone can have and it's just you know whether you meet them and also i think it's what time you meet them at you know there's times when you might meet someone who you would be perfect with if you met a few years later you know a few years later because the time you meet you're financially just unstable right you're, you're still trying to work out what your career is gonna be it's a mess you have no clue you know and they they might be further they might know what their career is you know they might understand all right this is what i want my life to be but you're not at that stage you know or vice versa so that isn't the right time for you two to meet and maybe you meet down the line who knows or it was just the wrong time and you have to move on to someone else right that is the thing but with this you know it's like no there is just one person although right later on i think it's episode five it is a little confusing because we do kind of get a feeling that there is another soulmate right it's not just one so you're like huh okay all right what does that mean then you know what does that mean then and then you know how does that work right and it isn't really looked into because you know the, the story went in this other direction but yeah it, you know our first episode is you know you've got a couple who are happy they've been married for a while but the you know the um the young lady her jennifer her um 
her brother, he's found someone with it, you know, and then her neighbor, her neighbor's found someone, and like it's just one of those things where you know she's talking like when she talks to her neighbor she's a bit like um no no our friend the woman is nikki actually the neighbor is jennifer right and yeah she you know when when she's um yes and her friend is peter her husband is franklin Ugh, god damn it man he's trying to remember all of this shit but yeah, so we have this happy cuppy, you know, happy couple, and everything is fine. But because you know she's seeing her brother and then her her neighbor, a friend, and she takes her friend because her friend's like, oh, I want to go and I want to do this. Can you take me? And she takes her, and you're like looking at it, but it is obvious. I think. That's one of the problems with all of this. I think every storyline is pretty... Like, it's so blatant on what's going to happen. You know, there's no subtlety to it. They're like, you know, the way they present it to you, you're like, well, it's obvious the story is going in this direction. Right? It's obvious that these characters are going to do this thing. Right, you 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 see it. it. It's just there, right? And there's no surprises really. So, yeah, obviously, you know, she gets the test, and then it plays out like that. But I think the the odd thing about all of this is that whole, you know, you've got a couple. They, they you know, couples they be together, and you know, like I think in one episode. They, they, you know, it's like, oh, a couple got the test because they thought they were a perfect match and they were great together. And so they were just like, well, this will, you know, because everyone around them was like, oh, you should get the test. We got the test. Why don't you get the test? So they're just like, oh, well, let's get the test just to shut these people up, show them that we are right together. And then it shows that they're not. And then people split up, right? You have these people just... You know, you could have been with your partner for, let's say, 15 years. Right? You're happy. Everything's great. But because this test says, oh, this person, right, people just split. People split. And you're just like, really? Like, really? That's what everyone is going to do? You know, it is just like... If they played with the idea a bit more, you know, with people, maybe if you get it and it says, but you're just like, well, no, I mean, we're happy, we don't need to, you know, but everyone just, you know, just does this thing, and you, you like, you have this one couple and they're arguing, and, you know, there's a conversation with someone else, and it's just like, Oh, you're arguing, and like, isn't this the point where you usually just then run off and give up? And he's like, Oh, well, you know, they're my soulmate, so I know we're gonna get through it, right? And you kind of think to yourself, Would it be people getting through it, or is it just people going, 
well, I've been told this is the one. So, you know, we got to make it work, right? Rather than you really want to make it work or you really, it's just two people going, oh, no, well, we've been told we're, you know, this is it. We're together. So, all right, well, you know, we'll forget about that and let's move on and let's, you know, more out of obligation rather than, you know, they really want to. You know, it, it was, I thought it was a shame that the series didn't explore these themes, really. I, mean, I think the closest we get, right, the closest we get to this is episode three, Little Adventures, right, where it takes a couple who have been married, you know, for a while, and they're in, but they're in an open relationship. They use a hookup app, right? And, you know, we've seen that as well in TV shows and films. And as you, like, listen, again, it's, you know exactly what's going to happen in this episode. You know exactly what's going to happen. And it goes exactly the way. And I think this one tried to kind of, you know, play with the concept a little bit. But it doesn't really, right? It doesn't really because, you know, it goes in exactly the way you envision it would, right? In the way which a couple who are like Adam and Libby would most likely try and go, right? And that's what it does. But in a very weird, you know, because... I think, and this is a thing that you see in some of the other episodes, conversations aren't had, right? You just think, all right, well, if you want to do that, then wouldn't you just say or tell someone? But for some reason, they don't, right? And you're just like, okay, I can understand maybe one person or two people do, but every, like everyone follows the same tropes, you know, that's, that's, that's the old, it's like there's a hive mind, you know, again, and, you know, they, they've kind of done this with so much, like, everyone uses the same phone, and yes, listen, we, a lot of people have iPhones, but then other people have get Samsons, and then people have those, um, oh gosh, you know, that Chinese, Halui, Howie, you know, there's that, but there's a few different brands still that people utilize, and different styles, even with the iPhone, there are different, you know, the smaller one, the bigger one, and now the really small one, right, so there's different versions and styles, but everyone have these ones, and they're just these plain, like, they look like, you know, perspex, perspex, um, you know, units that then suddenly you've got to touch on, and now you can do that minority report thing, and, they, you know, so they give certain tech, right, but then they don't with other stuff, so it's this weird, you know, it's that weird thing some shows and, you know, films do when it comes to tech, but it's just, you know, everyone doing kind of the same thing, and every time they do try and branch out, like in The Lovers, episode two. Now, I think 
one thing that hampered this story is the way it starts right so the way it starts you already have an understanding of who david maddox is even though it's not really said in the actions you know who he is right so for the way it all then develops you're like well of course like of course that's gonna happen and the end like you knew the end was gonna go the way the end went but they did it in such a weird way right so you have a time jump that is it's a long ass time right it's a long ass time but also they then show oh so as it ends you know they kind of show you how it all went down and you're just like well who would be filming themselves right that's the that was the huge flaw in the episode because it's like who would film themselves like that right because there would be no knowledge that that person would be found so it's just like so yeah if you wouldn't know you're going to be found why would you then have and the camera would have been running it's not like oh and they turned it on when this no there would be no way they could have turned it on so it's just like ah uh, that makes like it made it make no sense right that in the way it all unfolded it didn't make any sense but you knew that was you knew something was along those lines was going to happen right and i think that's yeah that is the the big flaw right just the predictability of every single episode and every time it's like oh we're gonna play with this concept like the playing with it doesn't like it doesn't go outside the you know the realm of possibility enough right everything is just a bit too ah yeah i get i see it i see it now that's not to say the acting isn't good the acting is very good you know it, it's like it the episodes work <laughs> yeah you know I mean? like all the episodes were watchable right the stories were decent it's just you know what's gonna happen you know whereas in hang the dj like that one was definitely you know you're kind of like oh that like oh shit oh they did that oh ah that's funny the way they showed that and ah oh, and they did you know that one just kept you kind of guessing you know but this it, it didn't so much do that which is such a shame because yeah i had really just great anticipation for this you know now it's getting a second season you know it was renewed right away so i think maybe the second season can you know just fix the flaws yeah maybe it can do that 
But, you know, maybe it's only me, right? Maybe it's just me that's like, I saw where that's going. Other people could probably just watch things and let it wash over them. Which I'm sure is a whole lot more, you know, exciting and an engaging way to do things. Right, so I think if you're a fan of, you know, Hang the DJ, you know, you might like this. You might really enjoy this. You know, like, it's not as smart as Black Mirror. But if you just want something easy, then, yeah, this is just easy, man, you know? But if you enjoy stuff like, um, oh, gosh, there was that show on Amazon called, I think it was Upload, right? I, I Yeah, I, I feel it's called Upload. Yeah. So I, I think, um, you know, if you like that, then I think you'd probably like this. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, it's there. It's on Prime. So, if you have Prime, you know, it's one of those things that you can just grab and um, go take a look. You know what I mean? I mean, why not, right? Why not? You know, I think if you like stuff like This Is Us, you might like this too, right? But, um, yeah, it's called Soulmates, and it's new on Prime. So, this week I went back to Mark Grenry's uh, Grey Man series. So, I am currently on book five. Yeah, and I kind of thought this was probably an, it's an important book, right? Because I think five books in, you oftentimes... With a series that's got multiple books, right? I've, I've found that, you know, five in, that's the, the tipping point, right? If you've got a strong fifth book, that's good. Sometimes the fifth book is a week, though. And, I mean, it kind of indicates what's going to happen to the rest of this series. You know I mean? it's It starts to lose steam and you're just a bit like, ugh. God damn it. So, yeah, this had a lot resting on it. Like, do I stay with the series or do I do I jettison out at this point? So, once again, Jay Snyder does the narration. And the gist of the book is this. Five years ago, Court Gentry was the CIA's best covert asset. Then... Without warning, his masters at the agency put him at the top of their kill list. Court fled his country and became an enigmatic killer for hire, known as the Grey Man. Determined to find out what made, agent, what made the agency turn against him, he plans to get his hands on the men who sent him on his last mission, Operation Black. Ugh. Operation Backblast. What he doesn't realise is that the questions that arose from his time as an American assassin are still reverberating in the US intelligence community. 
and he stumbled onto a secret that powerful people want kept under wraps. The result, everyone has caught in their crosshairs. Dum, dum, dum. So, yes, very ominous. And, uh, you know, this book, it picks up, I mean, pretty much straight from uh, Deadeye, the book four. Right, so, you know, it, if you remember in that one, Gentry, he does a favour for um, Massad, and one of their men then help Gentry to uh, get into the States. Well, that's that was the deal, right? Gentry asks, oh, can you help me? And he's like, yeah, I'll see if I can. And uh, so, yeah, that's what happens, right? They've helped him do that. Right, so um, that's where we are. And, um, you know, it, it definitely starts in an... You're on Tideside Court, Harlinger Street, London, England. definitely starts in an interesting um, place, right? Because the agency find out. Well, um, no, they get a tip. That was it. So they, they've got a tip, and we then have them basically, like, trying to work out what's going on, right? So we're following the agency, you know, Denny Carmichael, Carmichael even. So we, we follow him, trying to get his ducks in a row. And then we're also following Colt as he's... Looking to get the resources he needs. <laughs> Had a, yeah. He, he chooses some interesting ways to uh, get guns and money. Right? Uh, but remember, it's a grey man. So, you know, innocent people aren't... They're not really at risk here. Yeah. So, uh, it's, there's a lot of intrigue here. There's definitely a lot of intrigue. And I think the interesting thing for me was that you get to see um, other things happen, right? Because I started out, you know, I mean, I, I went about this uh, a little bit differently. You know, I, I picked up book eight, right? So that's where I started everything, Mission Critical, book eight. So within that book, there is a certain dynamic. There's a certain hierarchy, and I hadn't got to that yet. So you're, you're kind of thinking, how do we get to here? What happens? And the first few books, are yo, they were all interesting, for sure. They were good. That's why I'm still on it. But it, you're still kind of like, how, you know, where do we get to this point? So it was very interesting like seeing some of those pieces move on the board now right now we are getting closer to you know where i came in so it was all very compelling and um yeah you're like well he's back in the states right so this book it definitely needed a certain conclusion right certain things had to had to happen you know, because it can't be a, a simple 
mission, right? Can't be a simple task. Because now he's in on the States. So everyone's after him. Plus, you know, the stuff that we found out in the last book, Dead Eye. You know, that they can, you know, find you by your gate. They're, you know, they've got the technology and the cameras and all of that. So you're thinking, well, I kind of feel that, you know, there should be even more of that now he's in America. And, yeah, all of these things do come to play, right? Which is, uh, yeah, it that, that makes it interesting, you know, because... Otherwise, you just get it, oh, so he just walks here, and then he does that, and blah, blah, blah. But now, he, he has to evade capture in a lot of different ways. So, that that makes it interesting, right? So, we have all of this, and then we're bringing other people into uh, the situation, right? So, you've got... You know, newspaper reporters investigating some of the things that have been going down and everything like that. So, yeah, I enjoyed this book. And, you know, it really did shake things up, right? It shook up the whole entirety of the story as we know it. It, it sends people on different paths, uncovers some stuff but also creates new intrigues. So, um, yeah, that was all very good. But in the story, you know, we uh, we get to see Leland Babbitt again, who we also met in the last book. You know, he heads up a, um, an, you know, an organisation that the CIA use to um, help fulfil some of their missions. Right, so Townsend, you know, so, it, yeah, like Red, Redstone, is it Redstone? Hmm. You know, in the Bourne books, right? So just a little, an agency that helps the government. So, um, yeah, we, we, we bump into him again. We um, bump into Zack Hightower, you know, who was in our book three. I think that's where we last saw um, Hightower. So, yeah, we get to see some players uh, uh, that we, we haven't seen in a while. Oh, we also get to... Um, oh, gosh, what's the what's the dude's name? Uh, he was also in book three. The other dude... The other head up in the... In the... Um, um, bloody... Uh, CIA. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, the, the other guy in the CIA. We, um, yeah, we, we, we have, he's back, right? And, yeah, I, I, I liked the fact that there was, well, we had a lot of mystery, right? So, courts trying to find out why he's on the kill list. You know, so we delve into that. Also, right, it's not as simple as you may just think. You know, I mean, like, I think it's easy just to think, okay, so these people did it because blah, blah, and blah. But no, it goes a little deeper still. And 
that was very interesting right the double crossing of the double crossing yes because then you realize you know the gray areas right and that's also good because you know i i think when you get to um this kind of bullshit and we see it in politics right there's people that are just assholes but those assholes can also do good things put through bills that are helpful and stuff like that so it's very nuanced right and um yeah that's what greenery you know he does here he throws in this nuance into some of the double crossing so you then suddenly see another side of a character who you know to the point had seemed a bit of a dick right so yeah it, it makes it compelling it really does so uh, yeah that was great i enjoyed yeah i enjoyed that and to also you know we get a lot of characters in this one and some become expendable and I, I i kind of feel that there's a certain character who you don't think is um expendable and then suddenly is right and even to the point where um you know he they become you know she become uh, they become uh, expendable you uh, you're still not you're still not quite sure if um you know they got whacked or not right so i like the fact that you're on your toes very much on your toes and that characters you know they can become yeah they can become uh, you know superfluous to the plot right they can get taken out right so that's always a good thing because you know there, there's certain people you think well they're not gonna die like ah uh, yeah no one's gonna kill that person and that person's gonna get away and at the end of the day that person will still be living uh, you know fine 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 but with all the little twists and turns here yeah that's taken away from you you know that's no longer an option so you do think Oh, I wonder if they're going to kill, or, oh, yeah, that could be a good way around it, right? Whack that person, which then would open up this and this. So you, you're now thinking, because anyone technically could die. And, no, not anyone. Like, we're not going to have Cole die in the next book, obviously. But some of those supporting characters now, not as safe as they were. Ha, yes. So yeah, that was um that was a good thing, right? So we've added that to the book. You know, at the end, we've now also got a completely new set of parameters, right? For court, for the CIA, for everyone, for the you know, international bodies. You know, everything's going to be a little bit different, which, yeah, that's perfect, you know, uh, and that's what I was saying, right, it's the fifth book, so, yeah, Greenery, he, um, he showed that the story isn't stale, right, he showed that it's still got legs, you know, that he can shake it up at any moment, 
And that's all you want to know, right? As a reader, you want to know, is this worth picking up, right? What's it going to give to me? And yeah, I think that's all been answered. You know, he, he gives us, you know, a redefined story, you know, that has now got new legs to go in a different direction. Plus, you know, plus, yeah, we get to see new facets of the character and we have to think anyone could get it anyone could get it so that's great right so moving now on to the sith book right so yeah you you're now going to be reading that in a different way because you know anything could technically happen so um yeah looking forward to book six which is a gun metal gray so yeah i will get to that at some point in the next whoosh, few months i would expect but yeah i am um, you know if you've enjoyed the book so far yeah this this one you are very much going to enjoy you know because it shakes it all up right so uh, yeah give it a go back blast from mark greenery read by um Jay schneider definitely something to grab over an audible right so enjoy people enjoy okay people so we are at that time again we're just about to end another episode but before we do Let's look and see what's happening in the world of TV. Alright? Let us, uh, yeah, let's take a look. Well, um, Amazon, you know, they have just um, come out with more information on their Invincible TV show. So, this is an adaptation of Robert Kirkman's uh, comic book series. I think it ran for like 70 issues, something, it was something like that, it was, it was more than 30, <laughs> you know what I mean, so um, yeah, Robert Kirkman, you know, the motherfucker behind The Walking Dead and all of that shenanigans, but yeah, so um, it's an animated um, adaptation, and the first season is going to um, be airing from the 26th of March, and its run will finish on the 30th of April. Ah, so yeah, nearly a month, right? Nearly a month, which is, um, you know, that is that. And um, yeah, so, you know, the dates came out. They, I think they've just dropped a new trailer. You know, and the voice cast is, whoo, voice cast is sick. Like, Stephen Yen will be voicing Mark Grayson, you know, who's the main character. His dad, Omni-Man, is voiced by J.K. Simmons, you know. You've also got, like, Sandra Wu, Mark Hamill, um, Michelle Ali, 
Walter Goggins, Jonathan Groff, John Hamm, Clancy Brown, Dijmon Hunson, Zachary Quinto, Ezra Miller, Jeffrey Donovan, Andrew Rannells, Zazie Beats, Gillian Jacobs, May Whitman, Jason Mantazukas, and of course, you got Seth Rogen up in that as well. So yeah, fans of Invincible, mark it down. March the 26th is when it starts. So this is interesting, right? Netflix, they've got a... Well, you know what I mean? They had uh Oh, shit. Yeah, the name's just gone from my head now. Millie Bobby Brown played her. She's like the sister of Sherlock Holmes. Something Imola, Enola Holmes. Yes, they recently had in. It was at the beginning of the year, wasn't it? I believe that's when it dropped. Yes, yeah, so they had Enola Holmes, right? And um, they they're de- delving even more into the Sherlock Holmes universe. I say the Sherlock Holmes universe. There's not actually a universe, but it's the shit we you know come across in the books. But uh, anyone that's read the books. You know, watched any of the TV adaptations, the films, you'll know that Sherlock often used a group called the Baker Street Regulars. You know, a gang of, you know, kids, you know what I mean? That would get him information, help him out. So, yeah, Netflix have got a new series dropping called The Irregulars. It's going to be an eight-part, they call it a, a dark young adult series. So, um, I, I feel that's interesting. Because I don't ever believe we've actually looked at The Irregulars before, you know? Now... There's been so many people that have played, you know, Holmes and Watson. So in this, we've got Henry Lloyd Hughes and Royce Pearson, you know. Now, the one thing that does sound just a bit like, ugh, is like they're saying that they're probably going to be the antagonists of the piece, which is just a bit like, what are you doing? Like... Why? You know, like, why? <laughs> that just seems a bit inane. You know, because they wouldn't have, they're not the antagonists, right? The police and other things would be the antagonists. The cold weather, you know, what I mean? just, uh, you know, disease, hunger, <laughs> all that shit. But, um, you know, concept wise, I'm down. You know, I'm definitely down for this. So, um, yeah, this will be dropping on the 26th of March. So we'll take a look then. You know, we will be. I'm sure we'll we'll review it on the pod. You know what I mean? Um, something that's coming to Hulu, right? Which again, something interesting. Um, it won't drop until you know early next year. But uh, Hulu are doing a documentary series um, called The Rise and Fall of Victoria's Secrets. So, um, yeah, it's being um, 
you know, ad- adapted by uh, Ma- Matt Tim hmm, Timmy Timmy Timmy. It's going to be three parts uh, coming through film. 45, which is Peter Berg's production company, and it's gonna go behind the scenes of the brand using first hand accounts, deep investigative research to um, really look at the minuscule, you know, in the uh, minutiae, the inner workings of um, the cultural institution, which has had a turbulent few years due to reports of a toxic workplace culture and issues with ownership. Hmm. There was one point where Victoria's Secrets was like, man, that was the thing. You know what I mean? Like in in films and TV, if someone was buying something for their, it was usually a mistress, right? It would be some Victoria's Secrets underwear, right? That would be the go-to kind of gift, you know? Or if you really were gonna spoil your wife, that's what you were getting. But yeah, the brand has definitely taken a huge hit, huge hit. But, um, alright, what next, people? So, uh, Benedict Cumberbunch, he is, um, you know, he's behind a new TV show, right? And it is an adaptation of 39 Steps, right? This is something that has been, you know, they've made several, I feel, believe several film versions of it. You know, it's the uh, classic John Buchan novel. I believe it's part of a trilogy, if I remember correctly, right? But it, it follows a um, an ordinary man called Richard Hannay, who becomes an unwitting pawn in a vast global conspiracy to reset the world order. Dum dum dum. So Mark L. Smith is, um, you know. Writing a script and Edward Berger will be directing. Right, so um, Berger and Smith will also be producing along with Adam Ackland, Sophie Gardner, Cliff Roberts, and Keith Redman. So, uh, yes. People, there is that. Oh, and Cumberbunch, of course, will be playing um, Hanny. Alright, so, um, uh, where next? Okay, so, um, if you enjoyed Mr. Robot and Homecoming, you might be interested to know that Sam Ismail is, um, he's working on something new. So, this will be at Stars. And it's uh, a Watergate drama, right? Uh, it's called Gaslit. And, um, yeah, it, it, you know, it's got a, some big stars in it Julia Roberts, Sean Penn, right? And it is basically looking at, you know, Watergate. <laughs> I mean, so, um, yeah, Roberts will be playing Martha Mitchell, a celebrity Arkansan socialite and wife to Nixon's loyal but foul-mouthed and ruthless Attorney General John Mitchell, played by Penn. 
And it says, despite her party affiliation, she is the first person to publicly sound the alarm on Nixon's involvement in Watergate, causing both the presidency and her personal life to unravel. I don't know how much of that is true, but I mean, Watergate is a fascinating, you know, piece of history, right? So, uh, yeah. That is coming, people. You know, uh, so Matt Ross is gonna be directing and executive producing. Um, Robbie Pickering is the showrunner, and um, yeah, they say it's gonna start getting underway in the spring. So, here's a weird one, right? Do you remember the video game Frogger? Right? It was one of those basic things like Pong. Right? Well, <laughs> this is just the weirdest shit. The peacock, they are turning it into the basis for a, um, oh, one of those like games, those competitor games type of thing. You know, like Total Whiteout and yeah, one of those things. Right? So, yeah, there's going to be different assault courses which contestants will have to um, overcome. And these assault courses will be resembling, you know, elements of the game. Like trying to get across a road. You know? Now, I'd be interested how they're going to do that. If they use real cars, <laughs> that'd, be, uh, that'd be more fun. Obviously, they won't. Because, ugh, bunch of pussy hours. But, uh, yeah, I know, it's as weird as hell, man. So weird. JJ uh, Abrahams, he has got another new TV show dropping. Mm hmm. So, this is for um, Warner Media um, and HBO Max. Because, you know, he signed that huge, huge, huge deal over there. And it's called Subject to Change. Hmm. So, it supposedly follows a desperate college student who signs up for a clinical trial that begins a wild, harrowing, mind and reality bending adventure. Hmm, I mean, that does sound like it could, it could be interesting. So, uh, we will see what happens with that. So, on the back of uh, Ron Moore signing, you know, a similar deal for Disney, right? He is um, working on something over there. So obviously, right, he's got the Swiss Family Robinson situation that he's working on, right? But he's also got something else. Now, I think the, at the moment, um, a, a working title is the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, which... I mean, that's some convoluted bullshit. But essentially, what they're looking to do is create a number of, like, TV series and whatnot for Disney Plus that connect 
all the characters and theme parks, right? Classic films and merge them into this one world. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, I can. You can see some of those things fitting in the same universe, right? Some of the others, not so much. But um, yeah, that's what he's working on. So um, we'll have to see how that all unfolds. You know, sounds very odd. Sounds very odd indeed. So, um, what I did not know, right, I knew that, um, Anthony Bourdain had written some books, right, I've got Kitchen, uh, Kitchen Confidential that, um, I haven't read yet, but, uh, yeah, that's on my audible list, um, to, to read, right, but, uh, he also wrote a, um, a crime book, yeah, he wrote a crime book called Gone Bamboo, right? So, um, the 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 whole thing is right. It's set on St. Martin's and follows a sharpshooting hedonistic assassin called Henry Dennard, who botches a career capping hit. He must enlist the help of his skilled, stunning and volatile wife to save their skins, dispatch the villains and keep the peace at all costs in their tropical paradise. Hmm. So, um, yeah, it is going to be, well, it is hoping to be turned into a TV series from um, Webster, Webster and Robert Stone, who um, previously have worked on, like, Gone in 60 Seconds and The Negotiator. But, yeah, they're looking to turn this into a um, yeah, TV show. Hmm. Whether that actually happens, we will, yeah, we will have to see. Alright, now, Game of Thrones is finished. Yo, they're working on the um, spin-off series right now. So, everyone was believing that this would give George R.R. Martin the opportunity to um, finish the books, right? Because even though the TV show finished, the books books have not but no martin is actually working with hbo on something else right he says he's going to be the um executive producer of um road marks right which is an adaptation of robert um zelenzi's 1979 book of the same name right and it deals with a highway created by dragons that can travel through time it links all timelines and places together for the special people who discover it some explore vast mysteries for others it's their only hope to survive or rewrite life-altering mistakes Hmm. So, um, Kalinda Vasquez is going to be writing the script, um, executive produce, and also shun showrun the project. Uh, Vince Garadis is also an executive producer on this. 
So, um, yeah. I mean, concept-wise, it does sound interesting, right? So, you know, I'll, I'll wait and see what happens with that one, right? So, um, now, I, I, we talked about Invincible at the beginning, right? But another comic book TV series is going to be hitting real soon. And this time, it is a Jupiter's Legacy, right? So Netflix, they signed a deal with Mark Miller, God, a good few years back, right? To, um, you know, basically take ownership of his Miller World properties. And Jupiter's Legacy is one of those. And so, yeah, for the last few years, they've been working on turning these things into TV shows. So on the 7th of May, yeah, Jupiter's Legacy will be hitting. Right, so Miller, along with Frank, quietly created this, and um, I think it had some spin-offs as well. Right, so it's going to be an eight-episode series, uh, said to be an epic superhero, um, a legacy drama. Right, so basically, the world's first generation of superheroes must look to their children to continue the legacy. But tensions arise as the young superheroes struggle to live up to their parents' public reputations and exacting personal standards. Dum, dum, dum. Stephen S. Knight wrote and directed the first episode. Uh, Shang Kai Kim, executive producer. Um, And this stars like Josh Duchamel, Leslie Bibb, Ben Daniels, Andrew Horton, Eleanor Camparis, Matt Latner, and Mike Wade. I have to say, I am intrigued. I never read the comic books, but um, yeah, I'm intrigued, man. Um, show what else is uh, going on. Well, this is a funny one, right? So, I think two of the biggest kind of like uh, crime writers right now are Mark Greenway, right? We we talked about his book Backblast in this episode. The other one is Jack Carr. Right, Jack Carr, he's got a, a, a series with a guy called, um, oh god, what's the guy's name? It's on James Reese, yes. And um, Amazon have just picked up the rights to uh, Jack Carr's books. Now, I do believe Jack Carr, when he was on JRE, that he did talk about there are things in the pipeline, and uh, obviously, he must have been referring to this. Because they, yeah, I think they talked about Chris Pratt And so, yeah, Chris Pratt is starring in it as uh, Jack Reese, right? And Tyler Kitsch, he's going to be playing Reese's best friend Um, Oh, gosh Ben Edwards, right? Uh, So, um, yeah I don't know, it could be interesting. I, I read the first book, Terminal List. It was okay. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of intrigued. So I've, I've, I've been planning to check out the, um, I think there's two more 
or a third fourth one is just about to drop something like that so yeah i'm just looking to look pick up the next one um but yes anyway uh james reese right he um he was uh, yeah, a navy seal right and his entire platoon is ambushed during a high stakes covert mission Reese returns home to his family with conflicting memories of the event and questions about his culpability. However, as new evidence comes to light, Reese discovers dark forces working against him, endangering not only his life but the lives of those he loves. And um and you know Ben Edwards a former Navy SEAL and Reese's best friend now a member of CIA ground branch he uses his intelligence access and operator skill sets to help Reese seek his vengeance dum, dum, dum. and just think right so Amazon already have you know they've got Jack Reacher Jack Reacher no sorry they Jack Reacher is uh, he's something different. Actually, no, they are working on a Jack Reacher TV series, but they've also got Jack Ryan, right? And they've got the other character that Jordan B. Wright is playing from uh, kind of fitting in the Jack Ryan universe. So, uh, yeah. I know, man. It's it's getting an interesting time, man. Bringing some of these interesting books to uh, the small screen. And um, talking about bringing the, um, you know, these books to the small screen, Amblin are, uh, yeah, they've got something of their own cooking. Mm-hmm. So, um, they are working to bring Ezekiel Easy Rulings to TV. Yep. That is correct, people. Now, you might think that name rings a bell, and that is because we have seen him before on the big screen, right? Denzel Washington played him in Devil in a Blue Dress, right? So, um, yeah. Now, um, you know, Amblin and Walter Mosley, right? You know, Mosley wrote the books. Yeah, they're, they're doing this for TV. You know, so um, the character is a black World War II army veteran turned hard-boiled private eye in 1950s Los Angeles. So it says the new series will honor the book's detective genre, along with exploring the racial inequalities and social injustices of the time. Hmm. Uh, you know what? Walter Mosley is a great writer, so I am all about this. But people, that is it. We are done. <laughs> so hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, yeah. Keep, you know, having fun doing you. Uh, remember Echo Chamber, that drops tomorrow. Chin check, that's out today too. Um, yeah, look at all of those, share with your peoples, and we will see you next Wednesday for another episode of Echoes from the Boy!